Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and this is where we discuss kitchen table topics that are banned from family gatherings, but necessary for a strong republic. So we're going to do it. We're going to have these conversations. And today, I'm in the studio with Alan English, who is the president of the Atlanta Young Republicans. And let me tell you why this is so important to have this conversation. For one, I love AYR. I used to sit on the board years ago, which feels weird because... For one, I'm still super young. But two, it's weird because I can't believe that was years ago when we were, you know, I was a part of membership and I was um, Jake's VP. And like, it was just interesting. So now we have new leadership. Kelly and I was able to, they brought us on to do a, a discussion with us at the event, at their event. And I was so impressed. It was just so well run, excellent from beginning to the end. And the video, matter of fact, there was a video that they dropped about our event that we're actually going to show in Jackson County because it was so good. Yeah. So Kel and I are speaking in Jackson County tomorrow, actually. And we're going to show that video because it was really, really good. So anyway, I'm not going to read a bio or do anything like that because, you know, this is this is what young Republicans do. Right. We just talk. And so welcome to the show, Alan. We're happy to have you. Thank you, Janelle. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me out. I, like I said, I was so impressed with AYR. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I want to know what was your pathway to Republicanism, how old you are, and what is your vision for the Atlanta Young Republicans? Well, I'm 28 years old, um, so I'm, I'm right in the, in the sweet spot in our age group of 18 to 40, <laughs> right. or 41-ish if you, if you count the extra year. Um, and, you know, my, my journey to, to AYR and, and to being conservative is uh, it's interesting. My, my journey to being a Republican and conservative, that began many, many years ago when I was little. You know, neither one of my parents are very politically inclined, but grew up in a Republican house household, but just they were never involved in the process other than just voting and, you know, putting a sign in their yard. But I think for me, it, it really all started 2001. I had a, I was in first grade at that time. I'm going to age myself a bit. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we had a lot going on in 2001 in this country. Mm-hmm. And my teacher at the time thought that it would be beneficial to the students to start writing letters to President Bush. Okay. And so that I really honestly think is where I got my my interest in it is because he would write me letters back. And so I, I'm sure it was a, an intern, right. you know, that wrote me the letter. You know that now, right? I know that now, but, you know, it, it, I'm, I mean, the letters are still framed oh, in my house. It felt you know? so it real. It felt so real. I know. So I, th- I think that really got me got me into it. Um, and as far as, you know, journey to, to AYR, I, you know, kind of fell into it. Um, you know, I, I graduated from Kennesaw State University okay. and I was working at software sales. And there's not a lot of Republicans in software sales, as I'm sure you can imagine. And a friend of ours, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Nivens, Mm -hmm. he told me we worked together and he said, hey, you need to check out AYR. 
And so we, I went and Shout checked it out. Shout out to Brandon. Shout out to Brandon who <laughs> ghosted me and did not show up when I came, but that's okay. No, no. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of got involved and started going to some of their events <laughs> and just somehow found my way on the board. Um, and uh, the rest is the rest has been history. Very interesting. So I don't want to dive into the, the deep questions yet because we have much more time after the break. But I, I want to talk about how millennials are categorized based on the loudness that's coming from other people in your generation. So there are a lot of Gen Zers and millennials on the left, on the Democrat side, that are extremely loud. Like you have AOC and you have all these environmentalists and just all of that stuff that's happening, right? And I feel like they snatch up all the attention. I don't understand why we don't listen to our young Republicans more because y'all kind of have your both feet in both sides of this. How do you feel about being categorized as lazy, as entitled, and all these things when most young Republicans are extremely responsible. I, I don't let things like that hurt my feelings too much. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think that, that for us, when, when you look at the, the young Gen Z, the, the young group of more liberal people, you know, they tend to have a lot of time on their hands. They're, they're, not, they're not really doing a whole lot of work and they're not really doing a whole lot of anything. So they have plenty of time to be loud. They have plenty of time to go and riot and, and protest and get on TikTok and do all those kinds of things. While the rest of us who are supposedly entitled are at work and actually mm. contributing to society. So, you know, honestly, it, it doesn't really bother me that much because it's laughable. You know, I, I did, you know, it's like we're, we're doing good work and we can see the results of the work. It might not be front page news, but but we're absolutely seeing results in terms of, you know, election results mm. and, and uh, moving, moving the uh, movement, moving the movement forward. <laughs> Do you feel like Republican, young Republicans, because you mentioned because y'all are at work, um, I'm sure there's going to be some liberals that's going to feel like well, we work too, yeah. you know, I'm sure, because it's always oh, yeah. that, right? Do you think it's the difference between work ethic? What do you think it is? Yeah, well, well first of all, I mean, I, I'm not, I know that was a hasty generalization to say that, um, <laughs> but but g generally speaking, a lot of those that you see that are on TikTok, on the, mm -hmm. those are the people who are not working. But, you know, I, I really don't know what to attribute it to. I don't know necessarily that it's work ethic, because mm -hmm. there are absolutely people on the left who have real jobs and do real things and are contributing to society, and good for them. Mm -hmm. um, but I I think it's I think it maybe is more priorities. Mm. You know, I think that a lot of people my age that are uh, conservative are not as concerned about being on TikTok and going down and making a big, you know, say, you know, making a big scene about something yeah. as maybe the liberals are. And maybe that's something we should do better out. Maybe we should be on TikTok doing that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, rightly or wrongly, a lot of, a lot of young conservatives are like, hey, we're just going to get the work done. We don't need all the pomp and circumstance. Let's just make it happen. So do you feel like social media is a benefit or a hindrance? Um, are we talking about politics? Politics or life? Um, <laughs> both, <laughs> both. And life, I think it's probably a bad thing. Um, I, I really, I don't like, I mean, if you look at my uh, time spent on the iPhone, it'll, it'll disagree with me. But I, I mean, I really don't like social media. I think it takes away from one-on-one -on -one interaction. Yeah. And I think that it has caused a lot of the division, honestly, that you see in this country because, mm -hmm. you know, people are not forced to communicate with others. They're like, hey, I'm going to get in this little group chat with all my people that think my way. And we don't like anybody else. Um, so I, I think overall it's probably not a good thing, but it, it's here to stay. And in politics, I mean, I would say the same thing, but it, it's something that's 
it's helpful. It absolutely is. We're able to communicate faster and better than 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 ever before. And you know, in terms of like ad targeting and things like that, you can get really specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that um, I think technology and social media is is a major contributor to the division in this country. I think so too, because it reduces very detailed and important conversations down to thirty seconds snippets, and that is just not. I mean, you can't get anything from that, right? Right. So how do you feel when you hear people that's within the millennial um, generation saying that they're not patriotic? Like this whole push against patriotism. Now, now that makes me mad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, now, I, mean, I, that's a, I would argue that that's, an, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are a, a, a lot, a, a much larger percentage of millennials and Gen Z are not patriotic or even anti-patriotic than other mm-hmm. generations. And it makes me mad that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I can't argue with it because, you know, you, you see, you, you talk to a lot of these young people and that, you know, they're ashamed of our country. Mm-hmm. They're ashamed of what's going on here. And it, I think it's important to educate them and, and say that, you know, no matter how bad things are, how bad we think things are right now, mm-hmm. it is 10 times better here than it is anywhere else. There is nobody that is willing to walk a thousand miles to get into any other country except for ours. And I think that, um, you know, you get back to social media, people tend to just kind of get in their little box and, and not understand what the rest of the world is like. And they think, mm-hmm. man, you know, we have things so bad because they don't know what's going on everywhere else. From your vantage point, do you think that there are things that are wrong? Not, not, not necessarily wrong, but do you think that America is bad? From your vantage point, like, do you living today? Absolutely not. Um, I think there are bad things going on. I think there are bad people. But I think America and what it stands for is inherently good. We are the greatest nation in the world. There is no better place to be. And we have a lot of things to work on. But when you look through... um, our history going back to, to 1776 you know, and, and before that, today is the best time to be an American. It truly is. Where do you think liberals get it right? Like young, <laughs> mm. in your generation, is there anything that they're saying, um, the, the young people in your generation that's on the liberal side that you feel is right and that Republicans need to pay attention to? Um, I, I don't know necessarily that, that something I think is right, but I mm-hmm. think something that, that they rightfully are concerned about. Maybe we don't agree on how to solve the issue, um, but I think, I think student loans. I think that's a huge yes. thing. Now, I, I really think that the Supreme Court made the made the right decision, to, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to overturn that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that is one of the biggest issues, especially in people my age mm-hmm. and younger. Um, that is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the irony about it all is when you look at the cost of education before student loans were so easy to get. Yeah. I mean, you know, the people who I work with who are much older than me, you know, they, they went to school and got their MBAs for $5,000. You know, I mean, right. like an MBA now is 30, 40, 50,000 bucks. So I think that's an issue that we can own. Um, we just are not doing it. We're just saying, oh, no, no, you got to pay all the loans back, which, which is true. But we need to figure out how to make it a little bit uh, more, uh, a little bit cheaper to go to school if there's any way we can do it. But I, I think that um, I okay. think we can figure something out. I actually agree with you on that. I think the student loan argument, I think we are losing this for no reason because yeah. there is something that there, there is a compromise that needs to be made because interest rates is out of control. And when you have $100,000 worth of interest that doesn't even attach to the actual, like the principal, that is a problem. Like we, we've let this get out of control. Okay, so after the break, we're going to talk about 
navigating racism. <laughs> We're going to talk about what the Republican Party needs to know and what they need to hear when it comes to um, our younger generation. And we're going to deep dive into some stuff. So stay tuned. You're listening to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business. And it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and... We are here with Alan English, who is the president of the Atlanta Young Republicans, and he is just dropping knowledge on us. <laughs> We're having a great discussion. I'm excited about, I'm just really, really excited when it comes to talking to a young, our younger generation, right? Even though you're not that far off from me, okay? Like, I mean, we, we're about a 10-year difference, and that's really, like, yesterday, so we don't count that. <laughs> but <laughs> but there's so much that happens um, in politics that directly impacts our younger generation, and I just feel like we're putting too much emphasis on the, the, the young liberals, and we're not talking to our young Republicans, so that's why we have Alan here. So I want to dive into party politics. How do you navigate and reconcile the generational differences within the Republican Party? First of all, let me ask you this. Do you feel there are generational differences? How do you not feel the generational differences? <laughs> um, yeah. I absolutely feel the generational differences. Um, and I think that how, how, we, how we try to combat that, uh, or not combat it, but, but solve it or work around it, um, is, at least for me, you know, we, we try to go directly to the source, you know, where there and organizations where there are people who are a lot older than us, we try to work with them. And, you know, we try to just get to know them a little bit better so they can understand, you know, it, well, let me just tell you a story. Mm -hmm. I worked at a, um, one of the county conventions here in the last cycle. We, we did a little volunteer thing. Okay. Um, and um, basically. For those who are listening, I'm laughing because I, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other world. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the, the most fun thing you'd ever want to do twice. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting. We were there and, and uh, everybody knew we were there. There were a lot of people and they were hearing from some of the people who are speaking that we have more members than the county party. Um, and, and some guy came up to me and he's like, what? Like, how on earth? Like, how is that possible? And I said, look, look at what's going on here. We've been here since 7 a.m. It is two o'clock. No business has occurred. Everybody hates each other and there's no alcohol. And, you know, at our <laughs> events, there are two hours, right. they're after work, there's yep. food, alcohol, everybody's having a good time. So I think that, um, I think that it's about teaching maybe some of these, um, older people that, 
you can actually have fun in politics. It's, you, know, yes. it, you don't have to hate each other. We agree on 80, 90, maybe even 95 percent of everything. Mm-hmm. And let's let's focus on that. Um, and I think when when they see the success of, of organizations like AYR and others, they're like, wow, let's. Let's change some things. Um, so I yeah. think it's about working together and trying to share ideas on on how each side or each each age group has been successful. For the record, the Atlanta Young Republicans is the largest. Are y'all still the largest? Are we still the largest? It's it's the they haven't put the, the, the numbers out for this year, but <laughs> okay. we la- last year we were the the third largest in the United States. Oh, who who came and got us? New, we used to be number one. New York has like fifteen hundred oh. members. Oh, New York and grew. The, the New, New York, yeah, New. York City Young Republicans has like 1,500 members. They also have like a million-dollar annual budget. I don't know how. Oh, my God. Um, and then Miami is the second largest, from what I've been told. Florida. Yeah. Okay, Florida was not even on. They, they weren't yeah. even on the list Thank when you, we Ron were there. Thank you, Ron DeSantis. I know, but now Florida has definitely grown. D.C. was number two behind us when we were, were there, and AYR was the largest, but a lot has happened. Yeah. And it's shocking. Like, New York is number one. Yeah. It's crazy. That 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 send, that tells you something, right? That's actually encouraging. Yeah. Because it feel I feel like you know the young Republicans there are the young people are you know turning over a new leaf. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So to your point, I don't think we have to sacrifice fun in order to do politics, and I kind of get tired of that. And I'm going to tell you, um, I remember going to county meetings and wondering, like, is my is my skirt too short? And it wasn't a mini skirt. It wasn't a miniskirt. I don't, you know, I don't wear miniskirts, but just little things like that, right? Like, am I not conservatively dressed enough? Am I, um, like, like right now, my little one strap probably banned, but I do it on purpose now because <laughs> I'm trying to change that, right? I'm becoming the older group. So I'm trying to change that. Yeah. And it was just so much, it almost felt like you were going to church when, and not to a political meeting. Yeah. And I'm like, not that we, I'm, I'm not trying to sacrifice modesty or sacrifice morals, but we've got to loosen up a bit on our side, right? Would have you agree? Some style. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, I'm not one to talk about loosening up. I mean, anybody that knows me know that, you know, nine out of 10 times I'm wearing a suit somewhere, but I mean, that's just my style, but I agree. I, I agree. People should be able to wear whatever they want. Yeah. I think that's, I, I, I don't see us bringing in young people if we're harping on such small and minuscule issues. No, it reminds me of, you know, going to, you know, public school back in the day, you had to have the, you know, you had to meet the requirements right. of your outfit and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it was just too much, right? Yeah. Okay, so staying on the topic of policy um, and just, well, before we go into policy, staying on the topic of, like, party issues, Republican Party issues, what do you think, like, if you could say something to the Republican Party here in Georgia, what what do you think, what would you say to them on behalf of young Republicans? Let me see if I can <laughs> sum it up. I, I think what I would say is, and people, people probably take this out of, out of context, I would say compromise. Mm. Oh, yes. Because, yes. you know, I, I work, and I tell this to everybody, I work in commercial real estate, mm-hmm. and um, it's all about deals. We're, we got we to gotta make deals happen. Um, and we don't, in my work, we don't focus on the part that we don't agree on. Mm-hmm. We focus on the parts we do agree on to close the deal. And right. I think that within the Republican Party, that's what needs to be done. You know what I mean? Like, we, we need to stop yes. focusing on the division and focus on, hey, look, we're we're friends here. We like each other and we like almost all the same things. Let's just 
let's just focus on those things. You know, we're not going to, they didn't build Rome in a day or whatever, whatever it is. Right. You can cut that out too. Um, but uh, no. they. You actually said it right. I said it right. Okay. All right. Well, you can cut that part out too. Um, but I think we just need to focus on, on the things we agree on um, yeah. and, and trying to own ourselves. There's nothing worse than finding your own people. Oh, <clears throat> you yes. Know? Yes. So let's, let's start supporting each other mm-hmm. and, and start fighting the Democrats. You know what? When you said compromise, I thought to myself, I, I, I felt what you felt before you said it, right? And I, now I'm thinking, and as you were talking, I was like, when did the word compromise become a problem? Like, when, is that, when did that become a curse word? I mean, compromise is, there's no healthy marriage without compromise. There's no healthy relationship in general with friends or your children without compromise. I mean, I even have to compromise with my dog, Bailey. <laughs> I mean, (laughs) you know, if I want her to get her to do something, there has to be some trade-offs, right? Um, So the fact that we can't compromise is just weird to me. And the fact that we shame people who do, even if they're compromising in a way that ultimately leads to a benefit or net positive, we still shame them is a problem for me. So I, I think that's great. And you hit the nail on the head. Because even when it comes to student loan debt, when it comes to health care, we're not going to fix these issues if we don't compromise. Absolutely. And there is a compromise that works for everybody. We just got to find it. So now the the Republican Party, historically, we have been associated with conservative social values. And we talked a little bit about that when we talked about how we had to dress and go to meetings. But um, and it's not all. It's not all. Let me not let me not say that because I don't want people to think that. It's not the case. Come wear whatever you want to our meetings. We don't care. I know. You can go to an AYR meeting and just, I mean, it, no, it's really fun. Y'all should go. We're, we're going to let you plug it at the end, too. Okay. Um, but we're, so historically, we are more conservative when it comes to social values. So how, how do you reconcile our social issues and being a millennial? Um, I know there are a lot of millennials who just don't necessarily agree with some of the strong stances we have on social issues. But how do you reconcile that for your group and for yourself? You know, um, it's interesting. I think that for for our group and and I think when you look at that younger conservative people, Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're socially conservative, but they're probably less socially conservative than their parents and their grandparents. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that it's, you know, a a common sense approach to some of the things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that when you're when you're trying to talk to independent voters, you're trying to you know, uh, when, when somebody over and they're, they're looking at, well, Hey, I don't agree with any of this. Well, we agree on the fiscal side of you, you, you obviously don't like what's going on in the country. You obviously don't like what's going on with inflation and all this kind of stuff. That's where we have to focus on, mm-hmm. but we also have to focus on looking at these social issues and picking the ones that we can have a winning message on. And right. I think that, you know, you, student loans, is that a social issue? Is that a fiscal? I don't know. I think it's probably a little bit, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. But I think um, we, we need to be we need to focus on the ones that we can. We do have a, a winning message for or we can develop a winning message for mm-hmm. and take it and run with it. Because, I mean, you know, we're not going to we're not going to capture everybody with our views on mm-hmm. um on a lot of social issues. Um, but I think that, that picking and choosing our battles, we can win them. What battles do you think that we should push to the side? Let me not say push to the side because you're going to get in trouble for that. And I'm like, I, look, I might have your back, okay? Just so you know, they come for you, I'm going to come for them. Okay. <laughs> so um, be clear, everyone. So, but what are, what are some issues that you think that we har- may, may harp on too much or too long that we can probably 
pull back from? Well, I think we've had a huge win mm-hmm. um, on abortion in the last year. Yeah. And um, and I think we should tout that we won that, mm-hmm. um, but we have won that issue. There's a lot of work to be done, yeah. but it, it, I don't think that that should really be an issue that we're talking about every day, maybe in the yeah. primaries, you know, hey, we did, you know, but I think that 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 seems to be one of the biggest things that turns independent voters off. Yeah. And that's one of those issues where I, I'm not going to compromise on. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that that should be the number one social issue that we're talking about with everybody. I mean, I tend to not talk about that to a lot of people because it's yeah. it's a very divisive uh, issue, even within our party. So I mm-hmm. think we, we took our win on that. And let's just uh, let's just keep on moving. Our young Republicans are um, we look at y'all as the gateway to other to expanding the tent. Yeah. Right. We got to bring in younger people. If you don't, the party's going to just go away. And I think that I don't think that we support our young Republicans enough I think that we um, kind of leave you out there and then we get mad when you don't say or do something. Like we, we dealt with that when we, I was with AYR. I mean, where people get mad at us for not standing up for a lot of times social issues yeah. that we knew was not going to work because you got to kind of meet people where they are. Yeah. You can have your own pr- perspective, but you got to be open to right. hearing other perspectives and being okay with talking about, like you said, the things that we agree on. Yeah. Um, do you think that where do you stand when it comes to the LGBTQ push and the trans stuff within the party? Yes. Oh, I mean, I think I'm not sure all, all of your listeners saw, but we mm-hmm. took a pretty strong stance about mm-hmm. uh, a month ago leading up to the state convention on this. Uh, th- there was a push to uh, essentially limit the leadership ability for members of that of the LGBT community um, within the within the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's absolutely bananas. Yeah, um, we have great people in our organization yes. that are members of the gay community who we love uh, and we support and so we we took a very strong stance against that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of those things that you know we're not willing to compromise on. Um, mm-hmm. And you know I think that it's inherently not conservative to um, <laughs> to support something crazy like that. You know what I mean? Like I think that the Republican Party is like, hey man, you know, live your life. We love you. You know, we're we're yep. like you said, we're we're the big tent party, mm-hmm. and why should we be closing off the tent to anybody? I right. want anybody and everybody that's Republican or conservative that agrees on those issues mm-hmm. to be a part of our movement. That's awesome. And and I don't know if you knew, but Kelvin and I, we actually backed y'all 100 percent. We we I mean, we we were I, mean, I had a lot of arguments with people in support of y'all. Well, we appreciate it <laughs> because I was like, this is absolutely insanity. Yeah. Um, there are people who knocked on doors beside me who was part of the LGBTQ community. And they are not against, I mean, they are not for the trans push that's oh, happening Yeah. at all. Matter at of all. fact, they're a part of the gays against groomers. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all, they are out there fighting on the front lines when it comes to this, even within their own community. Yeah. And as a believer, I have my position, right? I mean, I do believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, and that's just that, as a believer. Right. But I have friends that know that. And they're still part of the community and they love me and they respect that I have my position. At the end of the day, we're not Jesus. And I feel like what we were dealing with is people who want to be like this whole concept of being the hands and feet of Jesus. He's never asked us to do that. He never said be the hands and feet of me. What he said was to be a vessel. He'll use you however he chooses. Yeah. So controlling people based with, with the word and with the Bible is a problem for me. And it's something that happened during slavery. 
is something that happens all the time whenever we are trying to make a point. And I think that this whole religious zealots behavior is something that's been all throughout the Bible. And it's the whole reason why we have Jesus. Yeah. So just so you know, I'm so happy. I was so glad to see y'all stand up for your people. Um, and when I say your people, I mean the everybody that's in AYR, not just in the community, but everybody's in AYR. Right. And, and doing it boldly. Kudos we, to you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Kudos to you. Okay. Where do you see the United States on a global stage? Um, you know, I, I still see us at the forefront. Okay. Um, I think that when you have a, a weak leader like Joe Biden, I think that, um, you know, we're probably looked, I, I would say probably a lot of the people around the country, around the world don't agree with what I just said. Um, but I think whether they, whether they know it or not, we are still the leaders of the world. Yeah. Um, are we waning a bit? We are absolutely are. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, we have some of the weakest leaders, um, honestly, since the Obama administration. I mean, it, it's it's yes. may, maybe going back to court. I mean, it's just it's just really yeah. bad. But we're still the leaders. Mm -hmm. They're willing. I think the, the Biden administration is willing to let that go. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we 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 can very easily get it back. But I, I still see us as the leaders in the in the world. Let's talk about the race division that's happening. Um, there is a lot of um, us versus them, black versus white, mostly, which is weird to me because they claim people of color, but it seems to only be black people right. that's emotional about it. So because um, I, I have yet to have seen a protest with a bunch of Asian people yeah. or Indian people. Yeah. I don't know if you have, but I haven't. I have. <laughs> and it just seems like it's always my people. I'm black, in case y'all didn't know. And. It's frustrating to me, too. But how are you dealing with the racial issues being amongst so many millennials and Gen Zers with AYR? You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I think that within our within AYR, mm -hmm. it, it hasn't really been that much of a, I guess, issue or topic. <clears throat> But I think when it comes to recruiting and we're, we're talking to people who are not within AYR, mm -hmm. that's where we kind of run into some issues. And I think that um, really it, it comes down, at least for me, to one-on-one -on -one conversation. I think people know deep down um, that, you know, when they're talking to you, you don't you don't hate them. You, you know, right. we, we, we don't we don't look at things like that. Mm -hmm. And I, but I think it, I think it comes down to, to um, people with an AYR, other younger people talking to members of that community and saying, look, we we love everybody. And I think that's something we young people, uh, young conservatives need to do more of. But, you know, honestly, it hasn't really been that big of an issue within AYR, because mm -hmm. I think that we're just kind of moving along. You know, okay. we're, we're focusing on on conservative values, conservative issues, and, and winning on those. Mm -hmm. And we're not letting the noise uh, take over. And I think, you know, we have a winning message. Mm. Do you think that the older Republicans are doing too much when it comes to this topic? Too much in a bad way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just too much? <laughs> and, so when way. you say too much, what like what do you mean? Well, do you think that we are, and I, I include myself because I'm not, that's just, I, I mean, I'll be 40 next year, so I'm still a young Republican. Thank you. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> at least for another two years. But anyway, um, do you think that we are harping on, like, it almost feels like we've got to respond every time mm -hmm. 
we're called a racist or it's it's thrown at us. Do you think we got we should relax on that a little bit? Absolutely. You know, it's, I mm-hmm. I think that when you ignore things, I guess when you engage on things like that, mm-hmm. it amplifies it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It it does. Now I think there's sometimes where you really do have to come out and say, look, mm-hmm. this is a ridiculous attack. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. But I think a lot of times um, you really we really should just be ignoring it. You know, when you talk about cancel culture, yeah. um, I think back to this meme that I see all over the internet. I don't know what it's from, but it's uh, this guy comes over and he says, hey, did you hear that so-and-so said this? And he looks over and he says, hey, look, nobody cares. You know, it's like nobody's listening. Nobody really cares. So I think it's just about ignoring <laughs> right. it. It's like, look, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. You can call me every name in the book. I don't really care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to keep on working. So I think that would be a good message to the older, older Republicans. Mm-hmm. Just ignore it. Just yeah. keep on working, you know, like we're, we're doing good stuff out there. And I think that engaging in this kind of, you know, down and dirty politics mm-hmm. of, you know, name calling and this, that and the other, it doesn't do us any good. You know, when we started Let's Win for America Action, we started it because we felt like the messaging was just so bad to oh. minority communities. Yeah. Right. And diverse communities, I would say. We don't really like to say minority communities because that's just a whole other conversation. Yeah. But diverse communities. And I absolutely think that we're we're, we're tackling the topic of racism, but we really should be focusing and tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we really should be focusing on the compassion side because a lot of these people are not bad people. Right. They just feel ultraly compassionate about something that they don't know a lot about. Yeah. And I think we just need to educate. Right. I mean, would you say that's what you're running into when you talk to young people um, in your generation? That's not conservative. Do you think there are more good people who have bad information or do you think there are a lot of people who just want to, you know, see socialism? I think it's um, I think it's uh, for that. We talk mm-hmm. about socialism. I think it's a lot of misinformed people. I think it's a lot of okay. I think it's a lot of I think education, like you said, I think that's where we're lacking on that issue. Mm-hmm. I think people kind of like what I went back to earlier, we're talking about social media. People haven't gone out and seen the rest of the world. They haven't, they don't right. want to study history in school. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't care about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They just want to, you know, live in their own bubble. So they don't really know what, I don't think they really know what socialism is. Right. So I think education, <clears throat> mm-hmm. education on that, I think is somewhere we need to work on. Yeah. And I think to what you said a minute ago, I think people are sometimes afraid to talk about certain topics because they're not educated on it. Um, And so they just try to talk on, you know, what information they have, and it might come across disingenuous. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I I tend to avoid talking about things that I might not know a lot about, you know? (laughs) It's, you know, like, I'm not going to try and make it up. please tell our older Republicans that. (laughs) (laughs) They read something on Facebook, like, wait a second. Wait, hold on. Let me get my reading glasses. Oh, my God, Alan, you're going to get in trouble for saying that. (laughs) Hey, listen, I, my parents, they do that kind of stuff. It's okay. I, I mean, I even have reading glasses, so, you know. Sue me. I know, right? <laughs> no, you're right. It's like yeah. it's like we, we, we've we got to jump on stuff when yeah. we have very little information. Yeah. And I see it all the time when it comes to having this topic around race is that I'm like, what are you talking about? I hear people giving these explanations that, for one, the black community have heard a million times. Yeah. And so it's ineffective. It hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. No. And it's not going to. Yeah. So I'm like, let's just stop. Um, but what do you feel is some of the core issues that are 
that's facing the country. And honestly, we're going to think about it for a minute because we're going to answer it after the break because we're going to go to a break. But I want you to think about what are some of the core issues that um, the young people in the millennial and Gen Zer generation care about, particularly on the Republican side? Um, I think I know that the I know there's a lot of environmentalist stuff and we'll get into that, too. But I really want to know what are some of the core issues that y'all are working on that you would like to see the whole body of the Republican Party work on? Because I just think that there are topics that we can unify on. And I think, again, we need to pull in our young Republicans because y'all are the front line. Like, I mean, it's almost like the generals are not even communicating with the front line. And it's really weird. All right, we're going to take a quick break. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. And if you have already missed the entire show and you're just joining me for the first time, it's totally fine because I'm going to re-air this entire show on my podcast without any commercial breaks. And that is going to happen on Tuesday, the Tuesday following this Saturday. So um, don't worry. And if you want to know how you can listen, you can go to allthingsjking.com. That's allthingsjking.com. And you can listen to the podcast. And again, this is going to be re-aired. And when we go to video, teaser, we will be going to video at some point. I'm going to bring Alan back because I think we need to talk about this on camera so that we can drop it on YouTube and um, really make it something else. Something more. I'll, I'll even dress nice for that one. Okay. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that because you, you're always sharp, okay? <laughs> this segment's a lot shorter. This is the last segment, unfortunately. I'm going to ask you about two questions. One, how can we do better talking about climate change? I think that we need to stop calling it climate change. Mm. Um, I think for one, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you look at thousands of years of our history that we have. The temperature, the climate, yeah. it changes. If we weren't here, mm-hmm. the, the climate would be changing. Do I think we are impacting the climate? hundred percent. There's no question about it. But I think that we do need to focus on the issue. Mm -hmm. We just need to take a common sense approach to it. I think you look at the Biden administration wants to have, what is it? They want to have 50% or something of electric cars by 2030 or something, something insane. So I think that, you know, taking a common sense approach to something like that, that will ruin this country. That will ruin the grid. That will ruin the economy. Mm -hmm. Do I think that we should all maybe move to electric cars at some point? Yes. But there are steps that need to be taken to do Mm -hmm. that. That's like saying, hey, I want to buy a a house next year. I don't have any money to buy a house, but we're just going to buy the house with the no money that we have. Like I don't have the money to to pay a payment, but I'm just going to buy the house anyways. You have to prepare to buy a home. You have to put money aside to put down the down payment. That's how it is for a lot of these these green initiatives that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them are totally bogus, um, this Green New Deal (laughs) kind of stuff. We're on defense on climate change. We need to be out there saying, hey, look, 
This is what we propose doing. This is how we're going to combat whatever we're going to call climate change. It is an issue that I think that we can win on. You know what? I am going to give you something that I think that I would love to see AYR kind of tackle this. I was talking to someone and she said to me in so many words that this whole environmentalist push is completely anti-poor people. And I said, well, explain this to me. And she said, when you start talking about electric cars, think about it. When you drive through most low-income communities, you see used cars. You don't see brand new cars. But the issue is not going electric when it comes to electric electric vehicles. The issue is when that vehicle stops working, there won't be any used car dealerships because the battery costs the same amount as a car. So what are you going to do when there are people who can't afford to buy a car flat out and we're now forcing them to have to use public transportation or walk or, you know, and and in public transportation, electric, trying to go electric as well, but this is all wild. And then on top of that, there was a time where, um, you know, it's particularly in very low income community and low income families. There was a time where, you know, if your electric got cut off, it was like, I mean, you know, it was like you got to pay your electric bill. But if you don't, they would heat the house with the stove because the stove would typically be gas. Well, they want all electric houses now. So that means if your electric bill, go, your electric bill, you can't pay it and the power goes out. Um, and I mean, I say you can't pay it, but I'll say that, you know, you 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 made some bad financial choices that may have put you in a position where you can't pay. It. That being said, if your house is all electric, then you're looking at a situation where you can't even cook food. I want to see us own the conversation around what these initiatives do to people in low-income communities because that's not a race thing. That's like all across the board. And um, I think that y'all can really take that and run with that. I think that's a great point. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll definitely run with that. We are going to do a topic on this mm-hmm. um, later, I guess. Are we already in July? Yeah, yeah. later this month. <laughs> um, we're going to do a topic on on green energy from a conservative perspective. Oh, I love so it. I'm going to we'll, we'll, we'll make put sure this you tag me. I will tag you because I want I want to make I, I want if I can make it to that, I'm going to. Absolutely. I, mean, I got to look at my calendar. But OK, last question. What are some steps you think the Republican Party can take to appeal to and to engage with younger voters? Well, I think the first thing I go to, and we preach about this at AYR all the time, is we got to make it fun. We got to make it fun to be involved. We got to make it. We got to make it not a divisive thing within our own party. Um, that that's the number one thing. Um, and I think that uh, as far as getting involved, what we should be doing is focusing on. Um, times of day that younger people are, oh, yes. are able to come. Um, you know, all yes. of our events are five, six, seven o'clock and, or the afternoon, not at mm-hmm. six or seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday right. after some young people have been at the Braves game on Friday night. Right. So I, I think, but I think, I, I think the number one thing is making it fun to be involved mm-hmm. and making it educational because the people I talk to within politics are, that are younger, mm-hmm. they don't really want to be involved in politics. Mm-hmm. They don't. They, they're, they're, they want to get involved to meet younger people that agree with them. And then they're like, wow, I can actually make a difference here. I don't really have to do a whole lot. I can yeah. actually make a difference. And it's fun. It's something engaging for me to do. So I think if, if we can make um, being involved in in party politics um, less divisive um, and more entertaining to be a part of, I mean, that's what young people want. That's what young yeah. independent voters want. We, we might actually get some young, independent, millennial, <laughs> Gen Z folks to come over and be like, hey, I'm a Republican now. Why? Well, because they're having fun while the Democrats are on TikTok yelling at each other. You know <laughs> You know what? Kelvin and I threw a party at the state convention um, a couple of conventions ago. And um, 
and we had we brought in like a Motown band, and I saw I I I'd never seen so many Republicans dancing in my life. That might be and a little so, scary. I know. Uh, <laughs> I hopefully, there's no videos of that. I, but while you were talking, <laughs> I was like, maybe we should do a block party. Hey, I'm all here for. It. I'll be, be there. Fun? I will be there. Like, like like maybe you know we should do a block party with AYRs so that and like. That way, I, I just I want to see our older Republicans using their resources, like Holly, Holly Gardner. We love Holly, who is not a young Republican. She's a young. But she's guy. a young Republican at heart. Yes, and she's so involved. I want to see us use our resources to put it behind y'all, so that you can go out here and do the fun stuff. Right. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's talk about doing a block party. I'm here for it. Let's That'd make it fun, happen. Right. Let's make it happen. Okay. I love parties. So you know, I'm all for I just it. I like have a good time. Right. <laughs> but thank you, Alan, for being on the show. This has been a great discussion. Um, I want to bring you back. As I said, I want to do it on camera because I really want to circulate it. I think to to people that are listening, go find your local YR. Find out what they're doing. Look it up. Um, support Atlanta Young Republicans. Real quick, tell us when do you have meetings, your website, how to follow you, all that good stuff. Yeah, so we have events twice a month. We have a happy hour kind of a social event on the second Thursday of every month. They kind of go all throughout Atlanta. So we could be at the Battery. We could be downtown, Midtown, Buckhead, you name it. Um, and then we have our political meetings on the fourth Thursday of every month. And those are nine out of ten times they're all at the Battery. So just always second and fourth Thursday of the month. You can find us online at AtlantaYoungRepublicans.com, and we're on every single social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Find us, Atlanta Young Republicans, or Atlanta YR. And, and Alan, let me ask you this, too, and then we're going to go for real. Um, are you going to run for office? You know, everybody <laughs> seems to ask me this question. Um, you know, I think that um, if, if, there's a, if there's a time where I think that I can make a difference, um, I, I will not close that door. Um, there's, Federal or state? Uh, Which yes. one do you like the, the most? The answer is yes. Okay. Uh, yes to both of those. We'll, we'll just have to see. Wherever okay. I think that I can have the biggest impact, yeah. if I think I can make a difference, and if I think I can win, which I believe that I would, mm -hmm. um, I absolutely would do it. Awesome. Well, I hope you do. And uh, again, thank you all for listening. We talked about it. Now you go talk about it. And this is Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. Have a great week. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. 
Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today. Accentroofingservice.com. 